I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me today is Moshe Tovmasian of Zenus Bank. Zenus Bank says it's the first ever internationally licensed bank. What do you mean by internationally licensed? Internationally licensed as in we're an onshore bank, but we have an international license to practice banking. So we're a U.S. bank headquartered in Puerto Rico, which is a U.S. territory. And international, from our perspective, means anyone that does not reside in Puerto Rico. So that includes anyone in the U.S., in the continental U.S., and anyone uh, in the rest of the non-sanctioned world. Now, what does that actually mean in practice for customers? So, you know, banking license is one component, but, you know, business model, the technology and the delivery of the combination of it kind of plays a big role. So kind of in our research, when when, when we're coming up with the idea for Zenith Bank, we realized that 99.9% of the banks in the world are lenders. And by being lenders, you know, their business model is really constrained to the population in the country or territory where their banking license exists. Because not only they're interested in, in you know, KYC, AML, knowing about your customer, but also they need to understand what the credit score is, what the credit risk is, and ultimately has, have the legal right to go and you know, seize whatever collateral has been put in exchange for, for a loan. In our case, our business model is full reserve, which means we don't uh, invest the client deposits, we don't lend anything, there's no overdraft, there's no credit. So it's essentially like a, a, a typical wallet but structured like a bank, which gives uh, the customer a lot more advantages. And happy to talk uh, to expand into that further. Well, absolutely. Please do expand on the advantages for customers. What we realized is that access to financial services is very uh, disproportionate around the world. People like me and you, I guess, living in, in first world countries, we're spoiled for choice. There's, you know, We don't really think, is this bank safe? The struggles of opening a bank account and holding a bank account. But in the many parts of the world where majority of the world lives, they have access to only the banks that are available in their own country. And if those banks, if they don't trust in the currency, in the regulation of that country, or just because either access that bank has or doesn't have, or the technology that it lacks, prevents them from getting the features that you know, are common practice nowadays. You know, I always make the example that you open up Instagram or any social, you know, or any TV, you just scroll around and you're served ads by somebody who the person who created that is one part of the world. Whatever they're selling is sold by a company in a different part of the world. And you, the consumer looking at that, when you click on it, you're going to have to use a payment method available to you in your own country to make that purchase, right? In today's globalized world, you may have uh, a U.S. company selling a product from Asia being seen by a customer in South America. So that South American customer needs to be able to click on it, fill in the details in an e-commerce transaction to make the purchase. So what we're trying to, to do with Zenus Bank is kind of to level the playing field, have a very vanilla product, vanilla as in, you know, it's just a bank account and a debit card, but give access to the widest possible audience with the same exact requirement, the same minimum, the same maximum, the same account opening process. So we're just really democratizing access to payments. Do you not face a problem with KYC and onboarding as an international institution in that way? 
So two ways to answer that, you know, from technology perspective, the ability for banks and really any financial institution to accurately KYC a customer remotely has long existed and long been in practice in very regulated ways. Pretty much every country in the world has a local digital bank. This local digital bank, whether it's Monzo in UK or, I don't know, Capital One in the US, N26 in Germany or Nubank in Brazil, the process is the same, right? The customer downloads an app, applies remotely. The financial institution is able to kind of get enough data points and access the right databases to be able to kind of cross-reference that customer and have the confidence that this is who you know really claims to be. So what we've done is essentially rely on those best practices and those technologies that pretty much exist everywhere in the world, but centralized it through one entity. So I think here the challenge isn't really the regulation or the lack or uh, availability of technology. It's more of uh, having a business model to tie up all these different uh, features and deliver it to an audience that, you know, hasn't really been served directly. So how does the bank make its money? You talk about having a a vanilla product, uh, an account with a debit card. You don't lend money, you were saying. So how does the bank itself make a turn? So we see ourselves as a premium add-on to the customers, right? We don't see ourselves being a challenger bank, uh, you know, typical neobank that, that, that goes and tries to lure customers away from the local incumbents. So we are, are, see ourselves as an add-on. So just to expand on that, so we don't see any of our customers use this bank account to pay their electricity bill, to uh, do the basic kind of survival things in your own country, right? Uh, you know, pay your taxes, uh, electricity bill, maybe even pay your rent. But if a customer has any cross-border needs, for instance, if their income comes from outside of their country or if they're constantly sending money or spending online, then we're the perfect add-on. So our business model, therefore, it's a simple subscription model, very transparent. We charge a fee to apply which covers the KYC AML that you were just asking about, all the checks and uh, that we need to do. And then we charge a monthly subscription fee, which we think is very, uh, you know, what they get in exchange for this uh, subscription fee is very valuable, especially in these places in the world that just don't have access to those things. You know, they're getting the, the most premium Visa card, the Visa Infinite, which is the equivalent of, you know, the black card. They're getting a bank account in a safe country, which is the United States. They're getting access to the U.S. dollar, which is the safe haven currency and, you know, the de facto reference point for all asset classes and, you know, kind of all currencies around the world. And they're getting access to the payment rails that uh, that are available in the U.S. So swift payments, wire transfers in 40 plus currencies and a visa card that's accepted everywhere and anywhere. This is obviously something that's aimed at a certain level of customer, though. So we don't think we're a solution for the unbanked because they need to have, you know, identity documents, in our case, a passport. They need to have an address to verify themselves and whatnot. So we're slightly above the unbanked level. And although we would accept them, but we don't think that this is a, you know, any wow factor for the ultra wealthy because the ultra wealthy have always have had, had access to the wealth management private banks, which are international banks, you know, the original international banks that service an international clientele. So essentially what we're targeting for is, you know, that whole middle, which is the majority of the world, the average middle class person that, you know, just happens to have cross-border needs. 
And do you see those cross-border needs being specifically perhaps for e-commerce? Not specifically for e-commerce, but e-commerce is a great uh, driver of this trend because, you know, there's so much marketing behind e-commerce, right? And, you know, the pandemic and whatnot has just kind of amplified that. But there are cases of travel, you know, people make investments in different countries. You know, a lot of people send their kids to school to a different country. You know, the remittance market uh, where, where you're sending, you know, you work in one country and you're sending money back to your family and your loved ones. Now, essentially, you can either bring everyone that needs to get paid and be paid into the same platform, because with Zenith Bank, you can have accounts both by the person who's working in country A and their family members in country B. And then money transfers between them now are free, instant, 24-7 and unlimited. Or any of those people can open an account and essentially just have access to the uh, first world payment drill to do a wire, fixed fee wire transfer to their loved ones or just use the card to shop online. In terms of the size of the bank, you're obviously a new institution, but as, I guess, a digital bank, you are almost infinitely scalable. Correct. I mean, backed by, you know, technology, the from technical perspective, it's infinitely scalable. From customer service perspective, you know, we have the same challenges than, you know, any online business. Right. Uh, there's time differences, there's cultural differences, there's language differences. But these are all soluble, if I can put it that way. So we've very consciously tried to be boutique in our first few years of existence. We wanted to prove this business model to ourselves first, you know, to our regulators and, you know, to kind of the general public that has come to us uh, using word, word, word of mouth. We've really done no marketing until now. Um, and we've been kind of growing organically, but kind of after proving this, we realized that the quickest path of scale and especially scale that allows us to deliver this service, you know, with quality behind it, right? The service aspect, the customer service aspect is instead of really trying to scale this direct to consumer model, we're pivoting into, uh, becoming a sponsor bank you know, the fintech or financial technology that, that you're mentioning at the beginning, because we see that there are brands and fintechs and uh, numerous type of companies around the world that could leverage what we've built to launch either a white label offering or an embedded offering. So take the product that we offer and embed it into their existing products in their own parts of the world where they can be this first point of contact to the customers, both from sale and servicing perspective, but all of that can be powered, you know, centrally by our regulation, our technology and our payment rails. So we're kind of driving this dual business model, you would say, is, you know, to be a boutique direct to consumer bank offering a slightly premium product, which is our infinite cards. And two is, you know, to to be the sponsor bank of choice for fintechs and or for brands wanting to go into the fintech uh, arena. Mushe Tovmassian of Zenus Bank, thank you very much.